Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> This week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're talking NWA Saturday Night on TBS from August the 6th, 1988. We hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving, and if you're a Cowboy fan that your team won, or if you're a Lions fan, hi David Jordan, I hope you're you're doing okay, I know the Lions aren't having the best of years, but anyway, I'm sitting here with Doc, and man, Harper got called away for work again. The situation on the show is perilous, Doc. I don't know how much longer we're going to go, but we're going to keep trying to chug along. How are you, man? How was your Thanksgiving? What did you I'm drink? Starting to, how many beers? Well, uh, 40? 50? I know you okay, get pissy so, drunk in front of your dad because you can't stand him. What? 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 I get pissy drunk because I don't have to go to work the next day. Fucking we, loser. Right. That's me. Um, some prayers, dog. <laughs> that's the best one. Play that again. <laughs> Harper's not here, but we've got Harper's sound drops. Thoughts and prayers, dog. Play it again. Thoughts and prayers, dog. (laughs) I don't know why, but that one's great. Uh, And I had a great Thanksgiving, but I have a great every day. Uh, I ate ate so much I thought I was going to puke. Then I drank so much that I actually did puke. Um, I don't suppose that anybody has sent in their uh, recordings of their or any stories from their Thanksgiving now, have they? No, but they need to if they have them. I mean, just because we're a week past, it doesn't mean anything. I still want any of your recordings via phone, anything that went. I, I need a recording. I need. I don't need a tweet about it, you know, telling me what it was. I need a recording of you conducting your BTT holiday meal blessing and uh, the directions that Doc and I gave on last week's show. So, no, nothing yet, Doc. So, things are pretty sick over here because um, I got to tell you something, man. So, LaFonda's La sister came in for the holiday and her and a bunch of people were over and they drank up all my booze and my she beer. She got a boyfriend or a man yet? Huh? She got a boyfriend or man yet? Yeah. She does? LaFonda's, LaFonda's sister? Yeah. LaWanda? Yeah. Man, if I was single, I might make a run at that, Doc. I ain't going to lie. Well, sh- um, her... <laughs> just playing. I don't know why. Her, I don't know where that came from. Her boyfriend is an old roommate of mine. Uh, that's nice. <laughs> I wonder... Oh, and more importantly, an old drinking buddy of mine. Oh, my God. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, buddy. So we killed all the booze in the house, so just about... And it's been busy after, you know, Thanksgiving. There's always shit to do. So I haven't been able to get to the 
liquor store to replenish my stock. So I am I am a little bit ashamed of what I'm drinking here tonight. I think it's the out. Uh, we'll let the patrons tell you what they think at Mike Five Hundred Four Saints, but. I think it's the alcohol equivalent, the liquor equivalent to an IPA. Oh, I'm drinking. You ever had Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey? I've tasted it. It ain't my thing. Yeah, not really my thing either. But I'm having a Fireball and Coke Zero, and uh, we'll see where this goes tonight. Wow! What the hell? Hey man, it's either that or start getting the shakes. What do you want? Okay, I'm gonna. Hey, but it's it is December, and you know what that means? That means we are now just mere weeks away from Christmas, when people go shopping, and most people go shopping on Amazon. Isn't that right? Yeah, so they should use our Amazon link, tinyurl.com slash Amazon. It is a great way to support this show without it without spending anything extra. So please use that link. Give it to everyone you know. Hopefully you gave it to everyone you know at your Thanksgiving meal and had them use it and make sure they use it. Took their phone, put the link in, and said, look, use this every single time and support the best unprofessional wrestling podcast there is. Yeah, we're good at this. We're pretty damn good. And let me we tell are. you, we, we need every dime we can get because this son of a gun right now is hold, held together by spit, duct tape, and glue. I would have said that we, we can't even afford glue, so we're just shooting ropes on the floor and using that <laughs> for glue. That's nice. Come on, bro. And Bro, this is going like, to sound like... This <laughs> This is going to sound like Dr. Seuss, but in lieu of glue, we're shooting our goo. Jesus. Well, brother Ron. (laughs) Hey, man, you know what, though? We might be getting closer to Christmas, but you and I are also getting closer to our big vacations of the year where we don't have to go to the shoot job for a couple weeks on edge. And let me tell you something. That's going to be the blessing that we've been looking forward to since last January. Man. And neither one of us have taken much time off this year. So, yes, it'll be a wonderful blessing. I can't wait to get to it as you say that, man. Going to be great. Oh, my God. Going to be fantastic. So, with that said, uh, Doc, any Docaholic spotlights or anything you want to mention? Well, I keep listening to the drive-thru. I don't hear any questions. I haven't had time to get on Twitter because I've been real busy lately. Uh, But last week I said nobody gets it. Man, it's the Christmas season. How about everybody gets it? You know, if you're out there listening, if you're out there listening to us, you know, I've spent the last seven, eight months trying to mend bridges and fences with all of my sweet, sweet docaholics. Everybody gets the spotlight tonight. It's like it's like a indie wrestling organization in 2019. Everybody can wrestle. Everybody gets to play this week. Great, great, great way to make people feel like they've done nothing i just want everybody to feel special this week and what's better (laughs) to make everyone feel special than a participation trophy all right there little fella okay i know how to i know how to motivate people pal you do in a way 
And with that said, a couple of quick things. Special shout out to our largest patron contributors monthly, disrespectfully classy, Marky Blassy, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry. Thank you for your patronage and your generous contributions. Uh, I don't have any shout outs this week. So uh, with that said, um, I can't think of anything else, man. We should just probably get into Saturday night. What do you think, Doc? Let's plow through it like a fat broad once you're drunk. <laughs> have you ever been that drunk that you plowed through like, a biggin? I've never been that way like you and Harper have, but, you know, I ain't ever gone into, like, to a, you know, hogging or nothing. I mean, we all like some girls with some curves, but y'all kind of take it a little too far. Man, look. Wait, what? Sometimes you just kind of find yourself in predicaments and predicament no i've never i've never found myself i've never found myself in that but i'm not a wrestler either and some of the stories you've told have made me concerned you know what's funny about that you if you've ever been out with like the old timers right these old timers will be like man sometimes you just got to take what you can get when you first get into wrestling hold on you first get into the wrestling business you're like i don't know about all that and you you're like nah nah brah nah brah and then the more the years go by, it's like you start to realize the selection is not like it was during NWA Saturday night days, especially in the 90s. Oh. And pickings are kind of slim. Slim not being uh, the adjective to describe not the, the, the hogs. Not the operative word, no. But they are slim pickings, except the broads are biggins. So, yeah, man, that's all I'm going to say. And you we're going to get into see, this week's show. You see. You see an old hand reach for his bag of flour and be like, well, gotta <laughs> do what I gotta do. Man. Tell you, man. I've heard some stuff and seen some things that I probably will never be able to forget. So that's yep. all I'm gonna say. Okay. We got an opening of the show. We see Dusty confronting Gary Hart. We talked about that last week, and he drops a big elbow on Hart. And then we head to the studio with JR and Tony and David Crockett. He's on assignment this week, so he's taking the week off. And we are told that the Texas Outlaws, Dusty and Dick Murdoch, have reunited. They what talked the about fuck? this. Yeah, that came out of left field, didn't it, at the very beginning? I mean, it's just like, bam, here you go. And that was it. And was I, I, mean, and was I the only one thinking that maybe David was off negotiating the terms of the sale? Well, I mean, it is August 6th of 88, so let's be real. Yeah. We ain't far at all from it officially being done. And that's all right. I'll say. So, yes. Okay. We go to the Varsity Club who defeat Bob Emery and Brad Holiday. Doc, anything from this match? Only that they won with a suplex, and I remember when those kinds of things were possible. Dude, tell me about it. Now, i got to play this promo, Doc. I just remember when everybody talks about like all these moves, that classic gem of a podcast episode with Robert Fuller where he went in there and told the Von Erics when he was working with them, now, boys... Now, boys, we're working way too hard to get this particular job done here. I think Robert, about that every time I watch modern wrestling. God, it's funny you say that, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but Robert Fuller, his statement when he said that, boys, we're working a little bit too hard. We're doing a little bit too much. We ain't got to do all this to get what we We're doing do more work. work than this job requires. <laughs> That's Come on, bro. Man. 
That's wisdom that you don't get for free. And basically what he said, and I think about it too every time I watch most modern wrestling, is let's say you have a wheelbarrow in your backyard, right? And you need to haul about 100 bricks to the front of your yard. What he was describing was the Von Erics were picking up one brick by one brick and walking them to the front of the yard. Rather and than probably, putting up, and probably stopping to smoke a joint between each brick, but that's a different story. Well, the, allegedly, I'm not going there. I don't want the the. Uh, I don't want to get sued. I said probably. Like so, and they're they're walking brick by brick up to the front, and it takes them four hours to do it instead of just loading all the bricks in the wheelbarrow and rolling it up there, and it only taking five minutes. And he was right. That's modern wrestling, though. A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times. So, okay. Good point, Doc. Let's go to the Varsity Club, Sullivan, Rotunda, and Steiner. I got to play this. I thought this was... You got anything you want to say before I play it? No. These guys. These guys. Here it is. Thank you very much. Let's bring in the Varsity Club. The Wild Varsity Club. Kevin Sullivan is is walking away from us now, but let's talk about this title. And there's many challenges out there, including Dr. Death Steve Williams from Oklahoma. All right, the Florida heavyweight title also. What'd you do with the paper? Let me see. The one they sent to the lawyer, idiot. I don't know nothing about it. I wasn't involved. Anyways, what are we talking about? Anyways, Dr. Death or Dr. Death's people has sent a letter to our people informing us that he wants to wrestle me. I think it was in his hometown, maybe Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. I can beat him there too. I You're not even wrestling him. I'm wrestling him, goof. Well, if he wasn't, I beat him. I can beat him if he wasn't. He doesn't like, want the Florida title. He wants the, the hey, world's television title. This one's bigger too. Look at that. <laughs> First of all, I will wrestle Dr. Death. It doesn't matter where it is. In the United States, I'll wrestle him. Because obviously he thinks he can take the title away from me. But what he doesn't understand is I'm a college graduate from Syracuse University. That's right. That's right. You hear that man? There's a smart man. He knows what it's all about. Not Michigan. Syracuse is what it's all about, pal. You didn't graduate. I graduated without it. I was at the top of my class. Not today. You brought your dog face. Not today. Dr. Death, come and get it. All right, fans, you need a referee. Instead of an announcer, a heroine, they're together. We'll have more information right after this. Doc, who do you have from this? I thought it was great, man. Rick Steiner is just a complete nut. Sullivan's distracted. We'll find out later why. Rotunda's good. He's got the crowd into it. Just... I thought that was a good promo. I mean, they're not Arn and Flair, but who is? Well, they're not Arn and Flair, and they're playing the role well that they're in with this whole varsity club thing with them being dumb jocks and Steiner especially. I mean, he's he's just a You didn't ball. graduate. Well, and, and even a line before that, he tells Rotunda that his belt is bigger than his, and he puts it up to it, and the, the studio crowd laughs loudly. You can hear him, but what you, what you can barely see is Shivani to the left they pop Shivani with that, my belt is bigger than yours, man, type comment. And they're just going back and forth and Rotunda just, it's just good. Like the can interplay. You imagine, can you imagine being the parents of Rick and Scott Steiner when they were about 14 years old? No. 
like the holes in the drywall and just them kicking the crap out of each other for fun and <laughs> they needed thoughts and prayers dog bro i had i had a i knew two brothers that were kind of they were a year apart in high school I and mean, they're close man they like were roommates in college and shit but man when they were in high school one of them hit the other one in the back with a baseball bat <laughs> oh yeah Just brother shit yeah i mean I mean, you and I, we hadn't, we didn't have to deal with that. But I mean, all of my friends that had brothers that were close in age, I broke up many of like brawls, like, like damn, now, are like, you saying, brothers. Now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Are you saying brothers like siblings, siblings or your siblings? People's brothers were si no, 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 siblings. Two siblings. Where it's where black people call each other brothers. Siblings, like two siblings. You know, a year, two, three years apart. Man, I, I had so many friends and that were siblings and like, I, I mean, let me tell you something, man. T two siblings throwing down ain't nothing nice. They, it's 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 weird to to. to I don't know, man. They're teen. I, I never had that, so I never had to deal with it. And I think too, it's that whole phase and you're going through the teen years and the testosterone's kicking in. Hey, Dad, you're talking about Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner, right? Where it's testosterone like they've got an injection of adrenaline into them i can't imagine that must you're right the drywall that they must have had to to repair i mean think about the the stories robert fuller has told on his podcast about him yeah. and his brother yeah uh in the wars that <laughs> yeah, he's told some stories especially the early on version of that show when he talk about the family good god uh -huh. Those two bastards <laughs> kill each other, man. Anyway. All right, Doc, any other thoughts on the Varsity Club right there? No. Sheep herders defeat Tony Suber and Brett Holiday. I don't have anything else from it, Doc. Do you? How good is the tag team division in this promotion? When they ain't doing shit with these two. Well, that was my point. My, my note was, but same, same point. When you can say that the Sheep Herders are the fifth or sixth best tag team in your promotion in 1988. So you kind of stole some thunder because I'm not going to play the promo that they have after after the their match that they cut. They do a lot of yelling and screaming and their displeasure about their rank in the tag division. But the thing that got me more than anything, and it, it really hit me in this episode when I was watching it as I'm watching the Sheep Herders, Jim Crocker Promotions just... I feel like rewatching this, they didn't know what to do with them or they didn't know what they had with them. And I say that because, you know, I mean, everybody knows I watched them in UWF and the wars they had with uh, the Fantastics and everything that went down in those cage matches and bloodbaths. Brutal. So, brutal stuff. These guys were brawlers. They could also wrestle. They were crazy. They were wild. They've been in this promotion now for a few months. We watched them in, in the at one of the clashes have a match with the Fantastics that was the best match on the card, if I recall correctly. And but they don't know what to do with them. And that's it just hit me at this moment. I was like, damn, they it feels like they just really didn't know what to do with them. And it's kind of sad because then they go to that other company and they turn into two cartoon characters. Like, really, two cartoon characters licking babies? Imagine where that would get you in 2019, licking a baby on the head. Anyway, I don't know. That's kind of what I thought watching this. It was actually kind of depressing when you think about it. You're like, God, they didn't do anything with them. 
Okay, so a couple of things here. One, of all those teams that are ahead of them, and you throw them in there, who wins a shoot fight? <laughs> Man, that's a good question. I mean, I'm. I mean, the Road Warriors have some some stroke in that. I mean, I ain't gonna vote. I ain't gonna vote against the sheep herders. Let me say this, and look, there. I mean, there's a difference obviously between you know MMA and shoot fighting and wrestling. The thing that makes your question so compelling is. The top teams like the Midnight and Arn and Tully and the Road Warriors and, and all those guys, when I think about them like fighting the Sheep Herders for real, I don't say any one of those teams are going to beat them, but I also don't think the Sheep Herders. I, what I'm trying to say. I'm, what I'm trying to say is it would be a brawl, a hell of a brawl with them against any of those teams in a real fight. And I'm not going to yeah. pick a winner or a loser. My point is right. it would be an entertaining fight. Well, and so here's the other thing. And I thought JR and Tony did a great job during the Sheep Herder match of saying this. They talked about why the Sheep Herders were better as a tag team than Nikita and Sting together, even though Nikita and Sting have more cachet. And it's because they have more experience. They tag together. They're a tag team. They're not they're tag team specialists. And that's a really good commentary point because you'll see shit on every Monday night where it's like, we're going to throw together the rock and Mick Foley back in the day or, or Austin and triple H. And then it'd win the belts. Well, what does that say about the tag team over there that does this every week? You make an excellent point. It's and so, well, I, and I, I didn't make it. I thought Jr. and Tony made it. I thought they did a good job of explaining and getting the sheep sheep herders over with that. Well, and then you, the point you made too. WWF went through a period in in the two thousands where they were just throwing together anybody and everybody to win a tag title, like which made it even worse. Right. So, but that's really good. You're right on Shivani's part, mentioning how these guys are a true tag team. They're tag team specialists. They know what they're doing. And yes, I can't take Nikita and Sting serious next to the Sheep Herders. If you, I'm sorry, but the Sheep Herders are a better team. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's not even close. And the only reason they're not is because the Booker wants doesn't want to push them. Anyway, I get it. Great point. We then go to Brad Armstrong, who defeats Joe Cruz, and I'm having a strange, like, ESP moment because I see Brad here, and I'm like, wow, Brad just is coming back in the last few months, and he's literally about to come into Smoky Mountain as we record this. He's not that far off, so it's just weird how go, all these things... Way to go, spoiler alert. Jeez. I didn't say what's going to happen, but he comes in. I mean, hey, how we many... talked about Tommy Rich and coming in. How many Armstrongs are there? Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's a lot. Any thoughts on Brad Armstrong defeating Joe Cruz? I thought it was an interesting take here on commentary because they made it sound like Brad Armstrong is going to shoot to the top now because in the past he had a bad agent and some bad advice. Uh, I mean, I could buy okay. it at this point. Okay. Also at this point, too, we hadn't, in my eyes, gotten the perception of Brad being just the enhancement talent guy. But well, and what if, if what if Jr. just said, "Well, maybe Tony, 
If he didn't, if he didn't freeze up every time the red light came on, we could have, we could make some money here. Well, I don't know. Freeze up might be a little too strict. Hey, no, here's listen. the thing. He doesn't have the charisma in the ring that Kerry Von Erich did, but he's better on the stick than Kerry was. Oh, you damn well right about that. You damn And this, this cinnamon whiskey is no joke. I got nothing for it. All right, we'll keep going. Kevin Sullivan de- destroys J.C. Wilder. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's I hear your you thoughts on to, this I need murderous... you to take me to 2044 here. And explain to me why this is not a disqualification. No, I can't. I can't. That's why I'm going to That's I can't. But tell the people what's happening. Notice just, that it's 11 seconds it. after the bell rings is what I'm talking about. So he should have been disqualified 11 seconds. Oh, my God. Here he comes. Look at that. Oh, no. Dude, he flung it and threw it at him. And all Teddy Long does is move it. <laughs> he picked up the chair. 12 seconds into the match, Sullivan brains him with a chair, or hits him in the back with a chair, and all Teddy Long does is pick it up. Man, he's all over this guy. He picked he, up the podium. He threw it on him. Hit, look, look at this. this is This is criminal, Doc. He throws that. Oh, it froze. Damn it. I'll have to redo it. Yeah, he but throws the, thing the podium is, at him. But it's great continuity because earlier he was so distraught that he couldn't even stay there for the interview. And now he's just destroying this young man. So we've we've now witnessed a, a severe pattern, wouldn't you say, with uh, with, with Sullivan, with um, objects? Oh, well, he has a problem with inanimate objects for sure. I mean, you know, when he clocked Jeff Daniels in the head and Smokey and busted him wide open. I mean, I, look. If you're on our Patreon, you got to you got to see this. Um, on the Patreon video version, he he he, dude, he th- <laughs> come on, bro, that's criminal. He he that hits was, him. That was that podium throw at him was reckless. That's dangerous, man. If the corner that thing hits saying, him, I'm not saying it was intentional. Look at that clothesline. Now that guy sold that well. Now, let me go back to the podium. Go ahead. You, what you okay, were saying? Okay, so here comes the podium, and it's reckless. <laughs> and then the guy sold the clothesline amazing yeah this is beautiful actually he did a great job on this god he looks like he and that's how it should look to be honest a clothesline that's right he just kicked him in the I, head I, after, I, doc yeah i give i give the the guy taking it the as much of that as sullivan Fuck, he kicked him in the head right after. You can barely he see booted, him. booted him in the skull, pal. He uh, is on a mission. I'm going to make is... this look good. And I ain't letting that bastard hang me upside down and get a running shot at my nuts. No, me either. Even though that was generally light compared to everything he else. Car- he, carved a, he carved a young Asian man's arm one time in a high school <laughs> gym in, in rural Smoky Mountains. Okay. So real quick, besides what Kelvin's doing, murdering this poor sap, there's something else that happened. Jr. jokes and says, it's a funny thing what a man can do to a woman. And then Jr. makes a joke about child support. And he says, I assume, he says, a lot of guys can relate to me when I say send those checks the first of the month. Mm, Did you I catch didn't hear that? that? No. Yeah, I don't have a timestamp where I'd play it, but he's joking about child support i was like whoa where did that come from but anyway that was well, apparently ricky morton wasn't listening oh come on bro 
Seriously? Thoughts and prayers, dog. As you sip your fireball. God, whatever. This is this is just brutal, man. The things I have to go through to maintain my even keel. That's awful. Even keel. I thought you were about to say maintain your alcoholic. uh, Well, you you don't want to get the shake. Certainly during the show. (laughs) All right. Okay, let's keep going. We got a we got a Kevin Sullivan promo we have to listen to now, Doc. So okay, so when we do get to um, there's a timestamp in there. When we get to twenty four fifty three, there's a, I, what I can only assume, assume to be a person of color because he sounds like it's saying I do to Sullivan. I, so, yeah, I heard it. So I heard it. Listen up for that. I do listen up for that. That's about it's about two minutes into it, so you got a little ways to go. But anyway. Here's Kevin Sullivan. He's at the podium right now with Jim Ross. All right, Tony, thank you. I want everybody to listen to the life story of Kevin Sullivan. See, I used to believe that there was something called an American dream. I used to believe that if you worked hard and you did right, you'd get that two cars, you get the garage, you get the house, and you get everything you wanted. The only thing you get if you believe in the American dream is the chef. You see, I took, when I was floundering in the sea of life, and I didn't know where to go, I went to Asia, and I met a very wise man, Habuda Dean himself, and he told me, I had to purge my way of the American way of life. The American dream, he told me, is dead. It is nothing but a lie. See, so first, he took me, the lady of the third eye, and I lay with her for 13 days and 13 nights, and she taught me things not many men know. And the second thing is, I went to the Ganges River with the pilgrims and bathed with the people of the dead. The third thing I did was, I went into the land of the blind and ate monkey brains with the blind man. The fourth thing was, I went to the streets of Calcutta and I laid with the lepers and I purged myself of the American way. And Jim Ross says, I'm standing here now and these people here and the people at home know one thing, I have never lied yet. Never. So Patty, Let me tell you this, sweetheart. The Tower of Doom wasn't the end. It is just the beginning. And Jim Ross, you know she flipped and lied. What was on that paper that we saw you carrying around her in the program? The paper is right here. See, Patty, it takes a very, very strenuous woman to go in Miami like you did and risk your life for what's on this paper. Well, I'll tell you what. Patty, I'm your friend. You want to know what's on the paper? You don't have to come into the lion's den anymore. You don't have to come to Mohammed. The mountain has come to you. Patty, here's what you want. I'm giving it to Jim Ross. Read it. Read it, baby, and weep, because, Patty, you know where I'm coming from. And Dusty Rhodes, let me tell you what. The American dream is dead forever in my heart. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he's left it with me. We'll address this situation 
and more in the hour, and we'll hear from the total package when we come back on the Superstation. I heard it. I do. <laughs> uh, all right, Doc, your thoughts on uh, Kevin Sullivan there. You ate the monkey brains. Well, and you know, there's a there's a lot of brothers and, and sisters at the TV tapings here. Can mm-hmm. you imagine, can you get them like, what? He starts talking about Abuda Dean and Lady of the Third Eye and the Ganges River. Can you imagine the black folk in that audience in 1988 going, what is this crazy fool white boy talking about? <laughs> what the, this boy done lost his mind. And white people, I told you white people are crazy. I, I know they smell like puppy dogs, but shit, they're going crazy too. He does sound crazy though when he's talking about. He does, but he's so good at it. And, man, he was out there shooting on the American dream. And I don't mean Dusty. I mean all our lives and shit. Yeah, man. It was, it was, it was wild, bro. It was, it was That's a conti- That was a great promo because he was wild ass, but he was shooting on the things people care about. And that was good stuff, man. I I agree. I, I did the thing with the note and, yeah, good stuff there from Sullivan, man. He's uh. He's good, man. He tells us if you believe the American dream, you get no dream, but you get the shaft. That's that's nice. So, Sullivan's good, man. This 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 role he's been in and the leader of the varsity club, it's it's all some gold. That's and that's I don't know else what else I could say. All right, Doc. JR and Tony throw it to an interview with Lex Luger. I don't really have anything from it. It wasn't bad. He's fired up, but did you have anything? I thought wasn't it kind of like a replay of last week's kind of. Yeah, except he's in the arena, not in the studio, yeah. and he's flexing and he's fired up. Let me repeat, he's good, but it wasn't as good as last week for sure. No, but he's used the last, I'd say, four months to just really assert himself well above stake no argument for me on that and that's crazy because we put sting over like a million bucks just like rick did in the first clash and you would have thought right there the rocket ship would have been on sting's ass to go take over but they didn't didn't do nothing it, it hasn't happened and maybe rightfully so but lex is really you know he's grabbed that brass ring if you will if you will. He certainly has. Next up, we have Tommy Angel and Bob Riddle versus Mike Jackson and Curtis Thompson. JR does something good here, in my opinion. He says, you're probably wondering why these guys are wrestling. And he says, these guys work hard at their sport. And sometimes you got to give the guys a chance. Mike Jackson is still the Alabama Junior Heavyweight Champion, just for the record. Uh, Curtis Thompson and Mike Jackson win. But I like JR explaining why we're seeing these basically four enhancement talents for the most part in the ring doing their thing and uh, in a competitive match. Doc, do you have any other thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, and I like, well, I like that, you know, that they're trying to get their come up here. And I like this concept. It just went on too long. It did go on for a long time. But, and it makes me wonder if this was really planned, because who out of this other than Firebreaker Chip over there, I think, would be designed to get over. But maybe somebody's 
Mr. Trans or something, you know? Yeah, he's the only one that they end up that they end up doing anything with. So, I don't know. The Row Warriors get the spam, spam slam of the week. Um, I got you got that, that. You got that cut out yet from Harper saying that? No, I don't have it. It takes a lot of time to get them cut. But... Come on, bruh. Sorry. Oh, damn, pal. All right. And then we go to JR and Tony. They throw it to a Rick to Ric Flair being interviewed. The same place Luger was interviewed earlier. Uh, I don't have anything specific from it, but it's a Ric Flair promo. So, Doc, am I right in saying we never skip these? Yeah, I think, I, I'm kind of with you. I didn't think it was all that phenomenal, but it's still better than everybody else. Amen. Here's Rick. Welcome back, everybody, to the Superstation and World Championship Wrestling. Still to come, Chris Champion will be here. Plus, we're going to hear from Jim Cornette. We're going to see beautiful Bobby Eaton in action. We're also going to see Al Perez in a special feature involving the reuniting of the Texas Outlaws, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch. But, ladies and gentlemen, right now, we're going to focus on the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Tony, I had the opportunity to talk to Ric Flair also a few days ago, and the champion, full of confidence, uh, he really feels like that he will put this thing to rest once and for all, that he is superior to Lex Luger. There's no doubt. Say what you want to about the nature boy, Ric Flair, the world heavyweight champion. He has the total confidence in the ring. We have the total package, Lex Luger. We have the man with the total confidence, Ric Flair. He walked out of Baltimore. We all saw it. Very fortunate to still be the world heavyweight champion, but he was. And let's hear the interview conducted with Jim Ross. Okay, Jim, Bob, thank you very much. You know, the contract signing all over, all completed now for the rematch. Let's talk about the strategy. Lex Luger, Ric Flair, the rematch for the World Heavyweight title. There's no doubt this man is not going to do anything different than he's done before in the ring. Well, you've been where I have been my entire life, Tony Schiavone. That's all you gotta do, Lex. But remember, my friend, on all those sleepless nights, as the butterflies get bigger and bigger, this time could be your last time. Because, my friend, I'm tired of Lex Luger. I'm tired of hearing your name. I'm tired of hearing these morons holler Luger, Luger. I'm tired of all that. And when you're on top of your game, like I am, pal, you make the rules. So, Luger, this time, 
could be your last time. All right, Doc, what you got right there from Rick? So they're piping in uh, noise on that, right? I, it sounded kind of weird. I, I I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I did pop at the idea when he said that the mirror says woo back to him. I thought that was funny. But other than that. Yeah, I mean, it was all right. I mean, hey, man, we calls it like we sees it around here, and it's rigged, but meh. Here's the thing. Let me say it like this. It was fine. It was a solid, like, single, if you want to use baseball terms. The thing is, you know why that's fine? It's because too many times in current wrestling, I hear a solid, I, I listen to solid single promos, but they go on for 15 minutes. Yeah. This wasn't that. It was quick, two three minutes, yeah. and that's it. And um, you know, I think um, he tells Luger this time could be his last, and that's it. There's nothing else to really say about it. So solid, nothing great, nothing, no pop worthy lines or nothing like that. What if he had told Luger that his time was up? My, My time. time is now. <laughs> you know, I walked through work yesterday and whistled that just to see if anybody would turn around. <laughs> You wanna, so people who haven't heard the story in a long time, Doc and I used to walk around work whistling the John Cena theme. And <laughs> that was great because people would be like, "Why? what are they whistling? <laughs> well, and you worked on the other side of the the area that we worked in. So I would walk in and I'd be like the second person there and I'd whistle so that you knew somebody was there, you know? <laughs> Something like that. It was our, our way to say good morning. I remember there was a certain coworker of ours who I had to explain it to one time. I was like, "Oh yeah, we just do that. It's a, it's an inside joke." And and this person was like, "I, I knew it had to be some type of way of communicating." <laughs> I think you need to start coming back to the office more, and so we can hang out. No, thank you. Chris Champion defeats John Valentine. Doc, you have anything from it? As Chris Champion returns with that ridiculous mullet. Jesus Christ, pal. <laughs> that is just... That's awful. That's not even 1980s, 1990s uh-uh. good mullet. That's just... Terrible. Now, give me... Thir- have that ridiculous look on your head? Real quick, like, give me 3750. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm make you work a little bit, pal. We're here to do the whole show, not the part you want to do. Okay, thirty-seven forty-eight. What? Play it. Is without oh, a doubt the look at that. Anyway. Look at that. Oh, when he when he barely kicks him. Yeah. That was the second one in the match. I thought it was he the al- first one. The second one's coming up right here. Yeah, where he misses the super kick. <laughs> the guy just stands there. Come on. Look at that again. So first off, let's go to the back. Here's the first one. He well, doesn't even miss it. And it's not his fault. It's the guy's fault. That guy's got to get closer to him and make contact with his boot. Okay. Chris is putting his boot up there. Same thing right there. That guy moved his head back way too far. Because okay. Chris Champion extends right there, and he just moves. This asshole was afraid to get hit. That's what it boiled down to. 
Who isn't afraid to get hit? Instead of just turning your chin and letting him make contact with the side of your neck or the side of your head lightly, he just completely just backs up. I'm surprised Chris Champion didn't take liberties with him. Just started beating his ass. You could tell that's. You could tell Chris Champion must be a nice guy just based on that. Okay. Because he did it again right there on a drop kick. Yep. That stand up drop kick. Watch that guy's head. Champion Champion is going right for him instead of the guy turning his head and just taking it. Watch him at the last minute how he moves. Mm. He didn't want any. He didn't want any part of that. He didn't want none of it. This guy's a. This guy's a schlub. Anyway. All right, any thoughts? That's it. Nothing else? Okay. Um, let's go to Jim Cornette right now. He is uh, at the podium, and uh, he's with um, Jim Ross. Let's hear what he's got to say. Ladies and gentlemen, never a dull moment with this man around. And I want to tell you something. I'm really... Tell me anything. No, well, may I, may I ask... You can speak. Go okay, ahead, thank speak. you. Speak. Thank you. I am very impressed. Excuse me. I'm very impressed with your negotiations, and I think uh, I want to wish you guys the best of luck against Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. You know, something all my life I've tried to do things right, but if I ever get you or David Crockett or Tony Schiavone agreeing with me, then I know i got to make some drastic changes. But you see, the fact of the matter is, beautiful Bobby, one half of the Midnight Express here today, sweet Stan Lane, not able to be here today because he was sick last week. Now, I know you're going to say, if he was sick last week, why ain't he here today? fact of the matter is, he met so many nurses while he was in the hospital, he's going to be busy for four more days. But you know... Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, James J. Dillon, everybody's talking about it. The whole wrestling world is buzzing. All the fans are talking. They're saying it's a wrestling fan's dream match. The Midnight Express versus Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson for the world tag team title. Now, what are we up against? I know we got different lifestyles. There's a lot of stuff going on around the circle of this thing. For example, the Four Horsemen, they like to ride around in limousines. I know they do that because my mother owns the company that they rent the limousines from. And I know that the four horsemen like to go out drinking because many is the time that beautiful Bobby has slung Arn Anderson over his shoulder like a babbling fool, carried him home, and poured him into his bed. And I know that the four horsemen like to go out with lovely ladies because Tully Blanchard every Friday night is down on his hands and knees in front of Sweet Stan. Please, Stan, just give me one phone number. Just one phone number. Sweet Stan, as a matter of fact, has got, he, he doesn't have a little black book. He's got a 10-volume set that looks like the Trenton New Jersey phone directory. So the four horsemen you see, they're maybe not all they cracked up to be when you compare them with beautiful Bobby and Sweet Stan the Midnight Express. And I'll tell you what's more, James J. Dillon, I know that you're one of the greatest minds of professional wrestling, J.J. I've always had the greatest respect for him. And I know that in addition to that, he had a long and varied career in professional wrestling as a wrestler. I've seen pictures of him with those cute little short boots, the wool tights. Wool tights. Wool tights. I understand he once held Frank Gotts to a time limit draw. But let me tell you something, J.J. The Edsel was a hot car in his day, and steak used to be 29 cents a pound. And Jim Cornette's what's happening today, and the Midnight Express are what's happening today. So, J.J., I don't think you can guide people as well as you say you do, because, you know, Tully and Arn were coming home from the matches the other night, driving back, and they got lost and drove for hours and hours, and finally they realized they weren't reading the road map. They were looking at J.J.'s varicose veins. So let me tell you something. You better be ready, and right now, this little pudgy Pillsbury Doughboy in the ring better be ready because you people are fixed to see one half of the U.S. Tag Team Champions and the highest flying man in wrestling, the Sultan of Swing, beautiful Bobby. And we'll have that, ladies and gentlemen, right after this very brief timeout. Okay, that was damn good. Cornette was great there. What do you think, Doc? 
So answer me this. Why was Arn Anderson mad at Kevin Nash, but not Jim Cornette? Uh, we're going to have the discussion. That's I, I could go on for. Everybody. In short, stop letting people work you into a shoot. People in life. That's all I, I mean about that. Corny just called him a drunk. That's a that's a Patreon special long form question you just asked me, because you know I could go on about that about the hypocrisy <laughs> of wrestlers. Yeah, wrestlers will tell you. Well, and and the main Arn. the main thing is I wanted to point that out so that we could talk about it later and make people pay for it. Wrestlers, in general will sit there and say, push the envelope, push the envelope, push the envelope. Say whatever you want about me. The minute that you... there, Then there comes a time when they're like, oh, that crossed the line. And I'm like... Exactly, exactly. You come on here and say, we're the most unprofessional podcast and anything goes, and then I get notes the next day. Man, you need to stop talking about this. Can you stop bringing up this? I need you to stop doing this. Everybody does it. No, I... I only thing I get mad at you about is when you bring up politics. That's that's because I'm so sick of politics right now in this world. We can't have a discussion about anything that doesn't involve politics anymore. It's like, you know, you can sit there and, you know, Hopper gets a brand new car and I'm sitting out there looking at looking at the car and go, God damn, man, I like the color of that car. That some bitch has got a nice like, I don't know what kind of blue to call that. And somebody will go, oh, blue, huh? Isn't that the... Such and such party. It's like, bro, I'm talking about the color of her car. That's, that's how we've Back gotten in my day, somebody been like, nah, bitch, Crips ride, and then pulled a, pulled a gat on him and started spraying bullets. You can't have a discussion nowadays, whether it's in person, on the phone, or, or anywhere, without politics becoming a part of it. And it's not that I don't believe in, in the political process. I think America is a great country, but the point being is people get worked up. And to go back to my point about the, what you were saying, stop wrestlers stop working yourself into a shoot if you're gonna cut a promo when somebody cuts one back on you you know what you just take it and you come back harder let's let's so, let's stop getting so. let's stop let's get our pants out of our booty let's get our drawers out of our ass and be men about this okay so then corny was great because he was talking about stand banging nurses oh my god that was fabulous being 29 cents a pound and let me tell you something else as we go to bobby to the ring if you're going to go back to the uh, to the network here on this, at 4604, I do believe some of the original Midnight music yes. uh, got yeah. got it got through there, but well, let's don't tell anybody. I got happy yeah. for a second. Yeah, they they forgot to edit out the actual <laughs> Midnight music at the at the end of Bobby's match. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you said something I want to point out. You talk about uh, Stan. So Stan isn't there and he was sick last week and he had to go to the hospital. And now he's not sick, but he met so many nurses that he's busy doing a little <laughs> banging. Fantastic. Fantastic. Even if it's not true, it fits I the narrative. I don't care. It's great. <laughs> You're talking uh, about a guy who got Ric Flair's attention with bitches. Exactly. That's a Patreon show, by the way, when we when we talk about that episode or that that issue of, uh, I think it was Torch Talk that Wade Keller did. Uh, Doc and I did a Patreon episode on it. 
where how Stan met Ric Flair and got Ric Flair's attention and all that good stuff. And when he got trained, really good show we did. Anyway, good stuff. Okay. Any other thoughts, Doc, uh, as we watch the Bobby Eaton and Gary Phelps match where Bobby Eaton won? No, bro. All right. Uh, Corny did did his normal filibuster in, too, for anybody's out there wondering. We just, uh, there was nothing to note from it. So, with that said, Corny was out there. So, of course, now J.J. Dillon has to come out and respond. So, let's hear from J.J. Dillon. And, man, Corny's going to run in at the end. Here it is. Well, I know you heard all the comments made out of here by your counterpart, Jim Corda. Well, I've heard Jim Cornette making light of the situation, and there's one of the fans back up here, if the camera can get a shot of it, holding up a sign, and I think that sign says it all for me, and that is four horsemen and four titles. I'm not out here to mince words with Jim Cornette. I've always had a lot of respect for him. We've kind of been friends even though we've marched to different beats and followed different paths. The last time we were in Louisville, Jim Cornette graciously invited us all to come over to the mansion. We get over there, yeah, they got the nice champagne all chilled out, but we had to drink it out of these funny little shaped glasses, and we had to drink it through straws because Mama thinks that's cute. First of all, that guy's been bringing signs over here for six months, and that's the first time he spelled all the words right. And second of all, those were julep glasses, and if you knew anything about it, you'd realize that. But the only thing that you ever drink is Ripple and Boone's Farm, you Foster Brooks look alike, because that's your style. Let me tell you something. You know, you can stand out here and you can make fun of the four horsemen. You can run them down as individuals, and certainly... There are opponents that come a lot larger than Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. They come a lot smaller and a lot quicker. But a funny thing is, each night when the matches end and we pack the bags to leave the arena, what goes on top of the bag in a special case is the World Tag Team title belts. And I've been watching your face. I've been watching your face all throughout the bash. Every time we pull up in one of the limousines, I know it eats your hearts out because you're coming in the taxi cab. The only reason it eats my shut up, you rednecks. The only reason it eats my heart out is because we have never had a chance to wrestle for those belts or we'd have them. But I tell you what, when we do wrestle Tully and Arnold, when we beat you for the belts, if it'll make you happy, you can still put them in that nice special case and your boys can carry them around for us. Would that make you feel any better, huh? Let me give you one little special piece of advice. When you show up for the match, because apparently you're going to see this thing through. Oh, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'd give you a, a little special advice. Leave your tennis racket home. Leave my tennis racket home, huh? Leave it to something about my tennis racket. You don't lie. I'll tell you what, JJ. I might leave my tennis racket home, but I might bring it because you might need it. Because you got a real bad habit of letting those shoes of yours, those little $12.99 Buster Brown specials, get away from you at ringside. Well, if that shoe comes off your foot when that match takes place with the Midnight Express, then you're going to need this tennis racket. It's going to be an extra large shoehorn to dig that shoe out of your ear where it's going to get stuck by me or the Midnight Express. All right, fans. That was so great. And Ripple and Boone's Farm, and you heard somebody in the background was like, Boone's Farm. Even back then, they knew that was some shit. I'd rather drink this this cinnamon whiskey than that bullshit. Well, I'm not going to sit there and tell you this was one of the greatest episodes ever of Saturday night, but let me tell you something. Arm was on to something when he said this feud 
could have gone on a lot longer and they could have had a lot of miles. Man, of this it's so great because Corny's the young pipsqueak and JJ's just put out with it all. These these two going back and forth would have been good TV for a good year. Easily. Absolutely. And don't get me wrong, you don't want to keep it on on too long because then it's just and then it just it burns itself out. But you know, to Aaron's point, you know, they they had a there was a lot to draw from this, and it ends up not happening because they leave. But I'll be damned if while they're still here. This feud and this isn't even Arn and Tully right now out there. This is just JJ and Corny going back and forth, and I just thought it was phenomenal. I mean, JJ just continues saying he has no problem with Corny, but he makes fun of Cornette's mom, which don't make fun of Corny's mom. I mean, that's just you can't do that. You know, I'm I'm going along with storyline when I say that, and you know, invited them over and made them drink out of champagne flutes, I guess, with straws, which is a fucking great visual. Would you agree? When's the last time you drank out of something like that? Bruh, I drink Henny out of a, a you know, a glass, a brandy glass. So I mean, a, sip, a sippy cup? <laughs> no, no, man. I drink them out of, out of a glass. Like, so I, I don't, yeah, drink my stuff straight, too. I'm a man, bruh. Anyway, then they talk about Ripple and Boone's Farm, which that was like, oh, my God, they really went there. This is... This is just good, man. I don't know how else to say it. What else do you have, Doc? That's it, man. These two are great. They're they're fabulous, man. Let's be real. This is some great, great stuff. After that, Al Perez defeats Rick Allen. Anything from that, Doc? He's <laughs> <laughs> putting you to sleep? You mean you didn't miss him when he left World Class at this time? Or last, you know, a few months back? Man, I was excited when he got here, too. What happened? As Hardbody Hopper says, he's all all he's he's what does he say? He's the steak without the sizzle. No sizzle to it. No sizzle. All right, let's go to Gary Hart and Al Perez after Al Perez's match and hear what they have to say. Another victory for this man, Gary Hart. We've got a lot of things to talk about. We obviously need to talk about the situation involving your people in the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. But well, we have heard a, a situation a few moments ago between James J. Dillon and Jim Cornette that all started because Cornette challenged Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard for the World Tag Team titles. Taking into consideration your close allegiance with James J. Dillon, that would not stand in the way of you negotiating favorably for this man and Ronnie Garvin for a title opportunity if it came up. Of course not, because uh, one thing we all must remember, once the match is signed during the ring, the bell rings, the boss comes out with the title. But I will say one thing. If Jim Carnett would talk to me the way he talked to James J. Dillon, I would take that tennis racket and I would shove it down his throat and he'd look like a cream sickle. I realize that James J. Dillon is a gentleman and he doesn't want to have problems. That's why J.J. and I get along so well. But when there is a two-bit creep like Carnett, he is nothing to me but a parasite in the wrestling business. I would spit in your face, punk. You better never come and get in my face. Well, a man that did get in your face, uh, Gary, uh, we saw at the very top of the program, is a big man from now from Allen, Texas, the American yes. dream, Dusty Rhodes. Let's tell the world why he's from Allen, Texas. Born and raised in Austin. The truth of the matter is, his father beat two men 
to death with his bare hands in the hill country. You know it as well as I do. Dusty Rhodes cannot even show his face in Austin, Texas. He had to move to Allen, Texas. Hey, look at here. The best of the best. Good to see you. Let me tell you one thing. Right here is sometime going to be the future heavyweight champion of the world. Take a look at the hot throb. He's managed by the greatest manager of all times, the evil genius himself. But Mr. Hart, I'd like to say one thing. You call me Gary. Oh, Gary, let me tell you one thing. Nobody knows Dusty Rhodes in the ring better than I do. I've wrestled him in Singapore, Hong Kong, Tampa, Daytona Beach, you name it. But I'll tell you something, we can get the job done and we I want to do it in Texas. I want to do it in his home state. Can, can I ask one thing? You said something to me about Texans one time. I, I can't remember the exact quote. What was it? I said the only thing that is worse than one Texan is two. And especially when they're that ugly. Thank you very much for your time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back with more exciting world championship wrestling. And we'll look at the reuniting of the Texas Outlaws right after this. Well. Uh, that wasn't too classy about the Texans at the end, was it, Doc? He's just working. <laughs> you mean you're not offended? <laughs> uh, what, does it cost me money? No, I'm just messing with you, man. Do I have to do anything? Just messing with you. I can no sell, pal. Uh, your thoughts, though, on Gary Hart now? I'm right actually there. known far and wide for my ability to no sell things. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't no sell nothing. But okay. That was a great promo. Um, man, he told Cornette straight up, don't bring the, don't fly that shit with me. Son. Yeah. You don't want none of this is basically what he said. And I believe him. I agree. I agree. That was good. Gary Hart, man, look. Don't talk to me like that. I'll take that tennis racket and shove it down your throat, pal. He called him a parasite. That's a hell of an insult if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You're a pal- parasite. He'd spit on him. Oof. Spit on people. Is there anything more disrespectful? Um, anyway. Stealing my money is. and fucking my, 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 my bitch. Okay, that's nice. All right. So we keep going. JR and Tony throw us to an interview with Dusty Rhodes. Yes, Dusty. And um, we heard earlier that the... That the now, let me just go to it. That him and Murdoch were back together. So here it is. Fans of America Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty, you've been noticeably absent in recent weeks after Ronnie Garvin turned on you. Well, let me tell you something, Bob Collin. Let me tell everybody throughout the world what Dusty Rhodes has been doing. What Dusty Rhodes has been doing is very simple. It boils down to Ronnie Garvin and Dusty Rhodes. Head up. Gary Hart comes out here playing the desert, talking about my family, talking about the people in making Georgia. see the lines being drawn. Dr. Death Steve Williams, the Kinnacle of Stiga, Lex Luger, the Rock and Roll Express, the many great fantastics now gathering the lines. But 
But most of all, somebody came back to Dusty Rhodes after all these years. My main man now stands with Sting, now stands with Nikita, now stands with us and Doc and all of us and the Road Warriors. And that man, my man, the outlaw, Dick Murdoch now is my man, baby. So Gary Hart, if you're listening, I'm gonna leave a wake-up call for you, Daddy. The American Dream gonna leave a wake-up call for you. If I see you anywhere, any place, I'm gonna take it to you. Because Bob Collins, one thing is for sure, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream now, now takes heed and pride and delivering to you Ronnie Garvin, you Al Perez, to the Varsity Club, to the Midnight Express, to all of them now, the husband, a lot of pain, blues and agony, baby. Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. You heard him talk about the man in the ring. Let's go to the ring right now. And here he is, Jim Ross. There's Captain Redneck, Dick Murray. All right, Doc, anything from... I thought Dusty was good right there. Anything from him, though, uh, specifically? Meat and potatoes, but Dick Murdoch better have a pretty good darn excuse for coming back to the fold. Well, Dick, uh, this is a whole... And look at, the, look at this match. He flung him outside the ring. So my question is this. Did Dick Murdoch turn babyface or did Dusty turn heel? Come on down. Well, yeah, that's a topic for another time. Um... Look at Dick, him. Dick Murdoch. Cheating. Yeah, he's cheating. They're beating this poor sap's ass outside the ring. And the ref's like, get him back in. I mean, like, you know, they're not. <laughs> there's no DQ here. But anyway, this is uh, interesting because. Remember how everything was buttoned up back in the day, right? Of course. Well, brother, everything was airtight back then, brother. Oh, yeah, okay, pal. <laughs> uh, this is interesting because, man, Dick Murdoch comes and goes frequently, doesn't he? Well, Japan's probably calling. Well, yeah, you got to make money where you got to make money. Murdoch wins with a brain buster, anything from this. And then Dusty decides to... God, he's in there dropping bows on him. <laughs> to drop an elbow on this poor bastard after the match. And then dispose of him. And, yeah, there you have it. Any thoughts, Doc? Not really. I don't have any either. Let me get... We let me talked fast about forward. the Sheik last week, being in that match, apparently... This is what caused it. I guess. All right. Um, let me go to the... This is the last promo we're going to play. It is Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes. And here it is. Bob Collins, let's get one thing straight. You know, through the years, Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch, whenever they wanted to fight each other or whenever they wanted to fight someone else, they never asked for help. All the years that I was against Dusty Rhodes, I had money on him. I didn't ask for no help from no one. Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch formed the original Texas Outlaws. They were the greatest tag team combination ever set foot on the face of the earth. We didn't have fun on pay our place in that walk radio music. It come time to fight, baby, we fought. We won the world's heavyweight tag team wrestling championships, and we held them until we got rid of them. Now, Ronnie Garvin, you come out there and you had to help Barry win against Dusty Rhodes. I didn't say a word, because this man can fight his own battles. But up in Detroit, Kevin Sullivan and the Sheik. You got just a little bit out of line, buddy. I signed a contract to be Kevin Sullivan's partner against him and the Sheik. And I did my dead level best in that corner to help win that match. 
But when it get out of control, they're both gonna try to take this man's eye out. Yeah, they what? just cut it off right then and there. I, I, I played it until it cut off. The, literally, the, the, the promo just got cut off. <laughs> I don't know why or what. I don't have the original footage. I don't really care, but the network cut it off. It just says <laughs> Murdoch was about to start rolling. So anyway, uh, that's why I played it, because he was about to get on a roll and just gets cut off out of nowhere. Any <laughs> thoughts, Doc? Uh, certainly interesting for the future until it's not, I guess. Well, we'll see. Murdoch and Rhodes, the Texas Outlaws. Let's see where it goes. If anywhere, no spoilers. And that's it. Mm-hmm. The next match is Rip Morgan, who defeats Scott, the Scott Norton lookalike, Big Bear Collie. I don't have uh, anything else. Doc, you got anything from it? Nope. Okay. So from there, that's it. JR and Tony kind of filibuster for about 30 seconds, and the show closes, and that's the end of it. So we are at the end of the episode, so we got to rate this thing and hand out some Rolex. Before I do so, remember, become a patron at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Great way to support this show. You also get extra content, 200-plus Patreon-exclusive shows, the video reviews, the world-class shows, ECW shows, all that good stuff, non-wrestling shows on our Patreon feed at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Also, let your broad or your wife or whatever or mother or father buy the Patreon membership for you this year. It's basically 60 bucks for a whole year at $5 a month. You get all of our shows. So there you go. TinyURL.com slash Patreon BTT. Doc, uh, I will go first on the Rolex. I am giving mine to Queen. Whoa, whoa. Well, sir, we usually rate the episode first, you ding dong. I am giving my Rolex out first, and it is going to Cornet. What okay. are you going to do about it? I'm going to give my Rolex to the same motherfucker. Okay. All right, Doc, let's say, man, uh, what you going to rate this son gun, man? What 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 kind of rating we going to give this puppy today, Doc? How long was this episode? Uh, it was 63 minutes and um, 7 seconds, so that automatically gets you in the what? B-plus range, just based on that? Nah, that just that right there. They could have been out there <laughs> showing a monkey fucking a football. It would have been a B-plus. <laughs> no, Corny... Corny gets the cheese because he was out there retorting to what the viciousness that Arn put on him last week. But he was a good episode with that. I'm going to say A minus again. Yeah, I think it was a little bit not quite as good because we didn't get Arn and Tully here, but. I'm still going A minus. This was a good episode. It was. I mean, the um, the the interplay in the promos back and forth with Corny and JJ was was enough to make me go, yeah, this is definitely in the in the A range. So A minus for me, and Cornette gets the Rolex from both Doc and I. All right, Doc. One more thing before we get out of here. I want to remind everyone the holidays are here. We are into the first week of December. Please use the Amazon referral link at tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Make sure you give that link to the wives, girlfriends, hoes, and side pieces in your life and tell them to use it each and every time they shop on Amazon. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Also, shout out to the wrestling podcast about nothing with ROH's Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett. They do their show every single Monday. They talk classic and current stuff. A fun show, so check them out. 
Again, just search Wrestling Podcast About Nothing or the WPAN. And also check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, with my buddies Joe Murata and Michael Quinn as they give their take on the northern side of pro wrestling's history. Slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. Doc, we got anything before we need to get out of here as we get closer and closer to uh, Christmas season or the Christmas holiday? Well, speaking, we're in the speaking of that, we need to tell you, you know, we're about three weeks out from the big Wildcat show. Y'all need to get y'all's asses down there and check out and support the holder of all the gold, the House of Harper. Goddamn, pal. I'm glad you said that. Uh, Christmas show, Christmas night. I think it's the 7 p.m. bell time, but I'm not 100% certain. But you definitely got to go to Wildcat Sports Christmas night. It's in Kenner. I think it's at the Butch Dewey Gym. I'm not sure. 7 p.m. MVP will be there. Here's the thing. If you want tickets and you want ticket information, go to WildcatSports.com or just go to Facebook and go to Wildcat Sports and Entertainment on Facebook. I'm not going to give the backslash all that bull crap like Hopper gets mad about. So there you go. WildcatSports.com or Wildcat Sports and Entertainment on Facebook. And you can find the poster along with the phone number and the email address to get your tickets uh, squared away. Go check it out, though. Last year, they had a great Christmas night show. And this year, I'm sure it's going to be another great show. Look. They just put 2,200 people in the Pontchartrain Center in Kenner, Louisiana. There are not many independent promotions that can claim that and it be a fact. You've seen the pictures if you've been to their Facebook page and on their Twitter feed. They did it. Printing money. Done it. They're printing money. They're doing good things. They got a TV deal. They're not outlaw mud show like some of these mom and pop bull crap promotions that are out there. Heck, I know promotions on like bigger TV that can't put 2,200 people in a freaking arena. So with that said, if you're in the New Orleans area, you're in South Louisiana, South Mississippi, Southern Alabama, and you're not that far away, go check out Wildcat Sports on December 25th. That's all I got. Doc, I can't think of anything else, man. Am I missing anything or anything else we need to cover? Let's get it on. All right, pal, hit that tagline and get us out of here. Book it, bitch.
Before we get out of here, I want to say thank you to all of our patrons out there for supporting this show and making this show possible twice per week, every single week with the Smoky Mountain shows and the NWA shows. And um, I mean, look, I know you get extra shows, but ultimately, when you are a patron for us and support us on Patreon, we thank you because it does help the eight free shows as well. So I know we do extra stuff, but with that said, patrons out there such as yourself, thank you for for being patrons. And if you're not one, remember, become one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Over 200 plus episodes are available on Patreon for you to enjoy and listen to you, listen to extra stuff that we've done, wrestling stuff, non-wrestling stuff. And when I say non-wrestling stuff, it's nothing political or social things in the world. It's just Harper, Doc, and I having tons of fun talking about just utter stupidity uh, for entire episode. So that's that's what you have to look forward to. There's a lot there. The Dallas Cowboys ring rat house. Harper talking about the worst places to take a dump. So much stuff that's available on Patreon. Now, I also want to say a special shout out to our, our Hall of Fame Patreon members. Don Dippinette, uh, Lee Russell, MDQ for Life, George Davis, Kevin Carter, Michael Angel, Bob Richards, Rocky Suazo, Christopher Champer, Will Harkey, Robbie Dyson, Rick Beebe, Brad Dunife, and Tom Schlegel, Coach Joey Chase, a.k.a. Willie Chase, Steve Malbasa, LaRon Brown, Kenny Byersdorf, Glenn Abbott at GA Russell Nut on Twitter, Bobby Murray, Marlon Mueller at, at Half Points Point on Twitter. Keep cutting those promos, kid! You're the man, Marlon. Thank you, man. I appreciate your support. Long time. Josh Warren, you too. Long time supporter. Everett Starr, Mike Childry, Kyle Riley, Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Craig Norman, Johnny on Patreon, The Great John Dean at YRC21 on Twitter, Josh Dunn, Ryan in Auburn, Good Old Justin, Robert Smith, Joseph Ice, Tim Morecci, the BTT Research Department, Adam Price, Brian Evans, Mark Wilson, Armando Martinez, David Jordan, Jesse Jacobs, Chris Myers, Gerald Green, Mitchell Johnson, Mike Prue from the Bottom Line cast. Make sure y'all check that show out. Him and JV do a great job. And Mike Prue is also uh, a co-host on the ECW Extreme Livecast on our Patreon feed. Will Parker, Jeremy Bryant, Classy Alex, David DeFries, SV Pageum, Bill Salsa, Big Rich, at Spy Boy Sports Cap, Ari Miller 39, Jay Shiny, Ruben Espinosa, Merciless Jones, Jesse Lucas, Chris Browning, Justin underscore Andre, Cole Mini 22, Marty Howell, T Hog 94, God Bold Unreal. Thank you for all of your support. And lastly, like always, thank you to everyone. Uh, oh, I can't forget. Check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Pru and JV. They have a podcast series where they're getting close to the end, but they've chronicled the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin month by month and on a weekly basis. It's a really good show. They basically just go through Stone Cold's entire career. I say entire career. It's mostly his WWF stuff, but Mike and JV also do the ECW show uh, on our Patreon feed and that show they do on their free feed. Uh, just search the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast on or go on to Twitter at Bottom Line Cast and you can find them. Thank you everyone for all of your support. That's it. We're going to get out of here. You know what Harper always says when you get out of here. When we get out of here, book it, bitch. <laughs>